well, it's 2024, right? Okay, how many of you are like really into like the new year? Anybody? Anybody into the new year? Yeah, I think a lot of people are. I mean, that's why the room is full too. Everybody's like, we're showing up. The gyms are full. Everything is full. It's good. I, I, I actually love the idea of a new year because I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys and I have to choose to be one of those guys. Like get excited for the new year. You know, maybe you're watching online and you're not here because you're like, you know what? It's just another Sunday. It's another year, but I am really tapping into like new year, big energy. You know what I'm saying? Like anything is possible, that kind of stuff. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else in that? Okay. Okay. You can make some noise. You can be interactive if you want to. Uh, I, I, I t- listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, you can, we can choose this, right? We can get to choose if we're going to have like a positive uh, attitude about this. And, and, and this is a great opportunity. Like, for example, we're the only species that gets to do this, right? Like, God's made us in a way that we get to every year reset. I mean, our pets are not doing this. Do you know this, right? Like, your, your, your cat is not like, you know what? It's 2024. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be, I'm going to give, I'm going to give her less attitude. Yeah, I need to be less judgy. And I'm going to control. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Your dog is not like, you know what, you know what, this year, I'm going to listen. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to obey. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to push back. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Like, no other species does this. We get to choose to do this. And I think, I think the re- reason God has given us this is because he wants us to know that regardless of what happened last year, and maybe it was a good year, um, maybe it was a great year, that this year is a new day. It is new. And God loves this idea of really tapping into the newness of life. And so what I want us to do, my hope is, my hope is that we start off this year like really tapping into the possibility. Because some of us, some of us, you know this, I'm, I mean, look, look at it, I'm looking and seeing some people, like you got baptized last year. That's a big deal. Some of you went to our sister church in Italy last year. Some of you guys raised funds. You guys gave to nonprofits. You guys volunteered for the first time. I mean, this past year, you've done some things that are pretty awesome. You found some friendships. And so I'm just thinking, like, if that last year was, you know, there's some really good things that happened last year, maybe, maybe this year, the possibilities are endless. That this year, maybe you find that relationship. Maybe you find a best friend here at Mosaic. Maybe you find and finally tap into, like, kind of the groove of your life, like the purpose, what you want out of life. And so that's my hope. My hope is that you'd be, you know, you would just, I don't know, maybe be, just feel more lighter um, this year not be burdened, and you'd feel uh, more clear-headed, not be just foggy with stuff. And I'm not talking about like you're eating, uh, you know, you're dieting and you're drinking less. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just feeling lighter in a sense of like, ah, I feel like I'm at peace with what God is doing in my life. Because that's my hope. That's my prayer for us. Because I really believe that we can do this. Now, the key thing is, is that how do we approach this year? Because for so many of us, we're on social media. And make some noise if you're on social media. Anybody? Okay, okay. Some of you guys are lying. Makes, Facebook is also social media. So make some noise if you're on social media. Everybody's on social media. Your mom is, your grandma is. You wish they weren't, but they are. I know you haven't friended them. You're still waiting. Should I friend them? Should I not? Okay. But 
everybody's on social media and everybody is talking about this new year and how to approach it. A buddy of mine texted me. He was like, hey, new year, man. Here's, uh, would, I would love this if you would join me on this. He's like, I'm doing this thing. Uh, it's one push-up, one sit-up every day for 365 days. I was like, uh, I read the text. I was like, Sheldon, seriously, bro? You know, Sheldon, if you guys know him, he's a trustee. He's a, he's a good guy. I'm like, uh, and I thought about it. I'm like, uh, and then I read the next, the rest of the text. It's one, and then you keep adding on to it. So at day two, you do two of those. And you, you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I texted him back. And I was like, what's the total number? Like, what is it? It's 66,000 700 something, 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 something. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then, so we started talking. I'm like, bro, I don't want to do this. You're like, you got this. You can do this, man. You should do this. I'm like, listen, I got my own fitness goals. And besides, I don't want to do this. He's like, you could do this. You could still crush it. I'm like, I know I can do it. All right. But I don't what? I don't want to do it. I was like, you do. Listen, I'm going to do me. You do you. Okay. I got my own stuff. See, I think for so many of us, if you're on social media and if you're thinking about what you want to do this year, it's so easy to get influenced by other people. I mean, I love Sheldon, but I told him, I was like, listen, man, I got my own fitness goals. Friends, I am turning, I am turning 50 this year. Yeah, yeah. Some of you guys are like, I'm, you're serious? Yes, not 60, 50. Okay, fine. So 50, I got my own stuff. And I just think, just think, I wonder if so many of us end up living our lives uh, uh, basically based on other people's suggestions. And maybe, maybe, just maybe you're wondering, you know what, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this, and you're influenced by other people, and I'm just wondering, should we, should we, should we listen to them? I mean, going back to social media, it's like, uh, I should start doing this, and start doing this, and start doing this, and start doing this, and adding this, and this, and this, and you've made some resolutions maybe. You've said, you know what, I need to start doing this or that in your life. And so I began thinking about what if we stopped that whole idea? Like what if we actually realized, okay, it, could life get better? Could I, could, could I listen to God more? Could I have more uh, like closeness with God if I didn't add certain things in my life, if I just quit certain things in my life? So what we're going to do for the next several weeks is we're going to talk about the five things you need to quit. And today, we're starting a series called I Quit, and we're talking about, let me tell you, talk about the life, here, let's put it up, the life that, what? The life you need to quit. The life, the, what kind of life you and I need to quit. Because I really do believe that maybe this year, this year, your life is really about just stopping some of the things that you've been doing. And if you just stop them, and you don't change anything else of your, in your life, if you just stop this activity, then I think you'll tap into what God has for us. So let's jump in, okay? Let's jump in. I'm going to take you to a passage of Scripture because it'll tell us what, uh, this, what kind of life we need to stop, uh, we need to quit on, what kind of life it is, okay? Now, if you've got uh, access to a Bible, um, pull that up on your phone or iPad, we've got scriptures for you as well. Um, but I will tell you this, just, 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 this is extra, okay? A little extra. If you don't have like a Bible, like as in your own Bible, this is the year. Say it, this is the year. You're like, oh, this is the year. 
No, this, this might be the year. This is the year you just get your own Bible. Just your own Bible. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to walk around with it all the time, but just your own Bible that says, you know what? I'm making a commitment to, this, to learning what God is all about. So just, just a side note there. Get yourself your own Bible. I mean, write your name on it. Present it to yourself. Uh, I think it'll be awesome. Okay? All right, let's jump in. This is in Mark chapter 10. Okay, Mark chapter 10. And it starts off, and it's basically Jesus uh, having a conversation with this guy. This guy comes up to him, and this guy is well-to-do. And Jesus is teaching, and he starts off, and he says this. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit, inherit what? Eternal life. Why do you call me good? Which is awesome. Jesus is like, ah, uh, why do you call me good? Do you know, if, if that's, that's a, that, that messes anybody up. You're like, ah, uh, okay, bad teacher? Like, what do you want me to say? Okay. Then he says, only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not, you must not what? Murder. You must not commit what? You must not. Like, what happened, guys? What I... <laughs> is it... Are you guys like kleptos here? You're like... You must not steal. I don't know. You, you're, not, you're not sure about that one. You guys don't feel sure about it. Okay, let's try it one more time. Okay, you must not. Yeah, it's a real thing. Okay, okay. Get arrested for the stuff like that. Okay, you must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Oh, this is a good one. You ready for this one? Honor what? And your mother. Oh my gosh. Teacher. Teacher, teacher, the man replied, which is the word rabbi. He says, teacher, um, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. Yeah, looking at the man, Jesus felt what? Genuine love for him. Now, I just want you to know that there's a moment there that Jesus listens to his answer, and he goes, oh, wow, I love you. I love you not because of all the things you've told me. Not because you've told me that you've done all these things. If you've never read the scriptures, I understand there's so much more going on. And when Jesus talks to a person, he's not just like, just don't read it, read it for face value. This, it's not literal. It's, it, there's, there's other things going on. When he looks at the guy, he's talking about the kind of mentality this guy has. The mentality is, is that I've done all the right things and honestly, he's basically saying, I have never done all of these things. We know, we know that so many of us have, have been tempted by these things. Obviously, this church has a stealing issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do, right? So we all have issues here. But this guy is like, you know what? Uh, I've done it all from day one. Honor mom and dad, never talk back to them. I mean, who hasn't done that? Like, so, so Jesus looks at, his, looks at him after he's answered and goes, oh, wow, he feels something for him. And basically, he feels something that he's going to reveal and he's going to bring out of this guy and out of this conversation. He looks at him and he says, okay, the life you live right now should be perfect. It should be perfect. Like, you should not quit that life, right? Because you do all the things. But then you're coming to me and the first thing you ask me is, how do I have this eternal life? Like, so what's wrong with your life that you need an upgrade? Obviously, you've done all these things. You're good to go. But he's like, something is missing. And Jesus is pointing out, maybe, just maybe, the kind of life that you're thinking you are living, you're not really living that life. Maybe, just maybe, the kind of life that you're living, uh, the, the reason why it's, it's disappointing is because you're not truly living 
your true life. You're living a life that is a facade. And so the, the first thing that this tells us, this passage tells us, is that we need to quit living a fake life. A fake life. Because Jesus goes on and he goes, okay, 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 okay. He says he looks at him, he has genuine love for him. And that's what Jesus does. He looks at our lives, our lives where we're struggling, trying to figure it out. We're trying to all do all the right things. Even maybe even living sort of a fake life. He looks at us and has genuine love for us. And then he says, there is still one thing you haven't done. He told him, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Then, then come and do what? Do what? And then come, follow me. At this, the man's face, what? Fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. You see, what's going on here is Jesus tells him, Here's the issue. The issue is that you're living a certain kind of life and you, you know within yourself that this life is not working out. And you're living a fake life because this fake life wants, thinks that like, if you just keep doing the right things, that you'll, you'll, you'll have this feeling of satisfaction. You see, we're tempted to live a fake life when we, when we find ourselves just going, you know what, I just want to, I just want to catch up to someone. Have you ever felt that need to catch up to someone? Like maybe it's, it's actually um, someone at work. Maybe it's someone that you know, someone on social media. You're just trying to catch up to them. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to live their kind of life. So the life you want to live, you kind of pretend that you're actually caught up to them. And sometimes we want to not just, um, you're not trying to be someone, you're trying to get somewhere trying to get somewhere in life, like you're trying to like find peace and you're trying to find um, a sense of um, purpose and you're trying to find, you just trying to figure stuff out and we end up living this fake life. Like we, we just kind of do the things and act because we want to get somewhere in life. Or we want to, I don't know, be this, you know, try to be someone in life. Hey, have you ever wanted to do that? Just, just I just want to be this kind of person and so we end up just having the temptation, getting into that, like just, I, 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 think I, I think I need to do this. Have you ever been tempted to do this? And here Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I, um, I, I'll tell you what the issue is. The issue is, is that you're not really living out of your true self. Like you, the problem is, is that you think that doing all these things is a commitment to me. Like you're doing all the religious things and you think that you're going to be right with God. You are doing all the things that are, you're supposed to do as a Christian and yet you don't have peace. Here's what I'm telling you. Here's the issue. The issue is you are not that person that you think you are. You are not that person because I, right now, I'm telling you right now, if you are that person, if you're that committed, here's what I want you to do. I want you to become my Talmud. Can you say Talmud? Talmud is the, the word for um, a, a person who follows a rabbi. When Jesus says, follow me, he's not saying, hey, walk alongside of me. He was a, this guy was a Jewish guy. Follow me is a personal invitation that a rabbi gives to a person to basically be mentored by him for a majority of his life. And so when the disciples became the disciples, they were not just guys who walked around with him and they became church members of the church of Jesus. No, these guys became disciples and disciples, the Talmud, are people 
uh, that walk and live with, they live with the rabbi. And so right there, the, Jesus was offering something to which the other Talmidin uh, right there would be like, hold on, we're the disciples. You're just adding another one? And he's like, just wait, just wait, because he's going to say no. He's going to say no. So Jesus was basically showing, hey, see, there's a temptation to, 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 to do all the right things and to pretend to be someone, and you're really not that. And that, my friends, you need to quit because it, it does not work for you. It does not do it at all. I was at a, in L.A. like uh, last year, and I ended up meeting uh, Todd Herman. He wrote the book um, Alter Ego. I had a good conversation with him uh, about just, you know, uh, honestly, with, with, uh, with my issue with this idea of being, um, who, being a true self. Like, have you struggled with that? Like, just like, who really am I? So let me explain. I, when I talked to him, I was talking to him about this idea of, like, being a chameleon, where immigrants sometimes when they come and when they're older, like I came here as an older adult immigrant and had to learn the language, had to learn people, had to learn you guys, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn and then have to like navigate through a lot of different environments. And so I was talking to him about this idea of like, I feel like I'm a chameleon. I don't know who I am. And I feel like I'm always faking it with everybody. Because it seems like I can go and talk to this group of people and I'm like, they think, oh my gosh, I'm one of them. And then all of a sudden I change hats and I go, I'm this kind of person and I'm this kind of person. And so I was like, hey, listen, I obviously you wrote the book. Who am I? And he was like, that's a great question. I was like, I was like but I feel like a chameleon. And he said, there is, no, there, is, there is no one true self. I'm like, what? He's like, stop believing that. Stop believing that. There's not one true self. You have different true selves. You have many different. And as he began explaining it, and then actually finished the book too, his book, I understood that it makes total sense. You see, though the way I act, me, my true self, Naeem, the way I interact with my mom is very different than I interact with, uh, you know, uh, you guys. Like, uh, my mom doesn't speak to Pastor Naeem. She talks to son Naeem, and we speak in a different language, and we have, it's a whole different environment. It's a whole different energy. It's the rhythm of our conversation is different. It's different. And so I'm being a certain kind of person to, towards her and being a certain kind of person towards you. Your people in your life, you have so many. Your kids doesn't need a boss at home. And you're like, I've been trying to tell them. I've been trying. It's, it's true. It's true. And so tapping into your true self, understanding that you don't have to live this fake life, but there is, there is a conversation you need to have with yourself about the, the kind of person you're going to quit becoming. Not the person everybody else needs, but the, but the moment needs. What is true to yourself? Now, is it, is it hard? Yes, of course it's hard. It's, it's so hard. But it's, it's conversations like this with Jesus that reminds us, hey, like maybe, just maybe, you are pretending to be someone that you're really not. See, some of us are living a life of obligation. Your relationships are all about obligation. If you feel that sense that I'm just, I'm just obligated, it's my duty to do this. My, my, the, my, one, of the, one of the 
and pop, most popular words um, uh, that my dad uh, used to say, and he spoke Urdu because I'm Pakistani. He would say the word farz. Can you say farz? You guys are learning all kinds of languages here, by the way. But the, I, I hate that word. I hate that word, farz. Okay? It sounds weird, too. Um, a word said duty. It's my duty. Like, everything was a duty to him. Everything was... So he lived a life of obligation, I felt like. I'm like, but do you, do you enjoy your life? Do you really love it? And I wonder, you might be living a fake life because you could do all the perfect things and still find yourselves at the foot of Jesus saying, I just need some eternal life because I feel like I've done all the right things. And Jesus goes, yeah, because you, you're living a fake life. You're not living your real life at all. So what are, what are we doing, friends? What are we doing? Are we pretending to be courageous? Or are we truly learning to become courageous? Are we pretending to have faith? Or are we learning to believe? Are we, are we pretending to know it all? Or are we truly learning? Like, are we, are we pretending to, like, just have it all together? Or are we learning to be vulnerable? See, that's the kind of life that we need to live. And yes, it means that we're Understand that we're complicated. That means that we have to be certain kinds of people for certain people because we need to communicate and love and show respect and honor in different ways. But we don't need to live a fake life. And it's so tough with social media. It's so tough because you want to come across all put together. You want to come across like this guy. Hey, I've done it all. I'm doing it all. I'm going here. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. There's certain people in my life, I have unfollowed them. You know why? Because there are a whole media, or like social media, is about all the things they're doing, and I want to do them. <laughs> That's it. I want to do them. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this. Because then I want to be like them. And so I pretend. And I begin to live a fake life. So this year, let's quit. Let's quit being fake. A fake life. Let's quit. Another life you need to quit is you need to quit the familiar life. Familiar life. Uh, the story goes on. Jesus, after that moment, right, the guy walks away. Jesus looks around at his disciples. He says, how hard is it for a rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. He's like, uh, what do, you, what do you mean? Because see, in those days, if you were rich, you were blessed. If you were rich, you were definitely going to heaven. That was their idea. Like, God blesses me, everything. My crops are good. My family is good. Everything is good. I'm rich. Obviously, I'm blessed by God. He's like, how hard is it for rich, though, to go? And they confused them. But then Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm, that's interesting. The disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved? 
they asked. Jesus looked at them intently, intently, and he says this, said this. Humanly speaking, it's what? It's impossible. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. There's a myth um, that I'm not quite sure if it's legit, but the eye of a needle, some say, was a certain part in a wall that, um, that was, is extremely small, and it's not a gate. And um, it's designed to keep away stand, sandstorms. And if there was a caravan coming, and the gates were all closed, and there was a sandstorm, the only way a caravan with camels could come in through that is that people could walk through but the only way to get the camels through is that they would have to kneel down and they have, have, would have to be dragged into the wall and to safety. And so this was extremely humiliating. Now, I'm not quite sure if this is a myth or a legend or something like that, but it's a very interesting analogy that the camel has to be humbled and then dragged into safety. And I just wonder, maybe there's some truth to this. Jesus was saying, let me show you how it's going to work. For you to have eternal life, for you to live this life that you want to live, you have to humble yourself and someone else has to drag you through. Isn't that interesting? I'm like, huh. Because I've always wondered, what? he could have said anything. It's harder for an elephant to go through. No. Like, why do you say camel, eye of a needle? Huh. So what does that mean? I think this familiar life that you, need, you and I need to quit is a life that is basically a life of control. Um, it's a life that we are comfortable with. It's a life that we are just living because uh, we're just trying to cope with things. It's a life that we just, it, it's, it's really fueled by like a sense of like um, fear and anxiety. It's a life that I'm like, I want to live this familiar life. I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to go uh, in this direction. I'm not quite sure if this is going to work out for me. I don't want to do this. It's a life that says, you know what? I know what I'm doing. And if I, unless I figure out exactly what the next step is, I'm not going to make this move. I'm not going to take this risk. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to let someone else do this. And also, by the way, I'm not going to say this, but I'm not going to let someone else humble me. I don't want to be humbled. I just want to have it together. I want to do my stuff. And I think if you and I are going to tap into the life that God wants, and the God, God made you so wonderfully creative. He made you with so much potential, so much potential. The problem is for you to tap into that, you've got to humble yourself and move away from living this familiar life that says, I just like to be in control. See, we all love it. God designed you to love it. Like God designed you to find satisfaction in sitting this, at the same place. Like you guys like the same kind of coffee, right? You like to eat the same kind of food. We, we like to do this. You guys like to sit in the same place at church. I know you guys, okay? If someone's in your seat, you're like, you are in my seat, okay? You're like, can we bring back the names on the chairs, old school style, you know what I'm saying? You guys remember those, right? You know what? For $100, I will do that. Uh, every chair, if you want your name, I will do that. I think that's how they did it. But anyways, but we love familiarity. 
And God knows that we do because it gives us a sense of peace. And that's why God sometimes shows up in familiar ways. But you know and I know that if you keep doing the same thing again and again and again, your favorite food, you love it. But if you eat it every day, in a week or two weeks, you are going to what? Hate it. Hate it. You know this. Because, and God knows this. If you and I live this certain kind of life every year, for years and years and years and years, and then get to the point where just just living this familiar life, you are wired up to have discomfort. You're wired up to hate it. You're wired up to be dissatisfied. You're wired up. And so Jesus is saying, here's the kind of life you want. You want to live this eternal life? He looks at his disciples. He looks at his Talmudin and he tells him, I just invited this guy to be one of us. He said, no. But let me tell you, the kind of life you guys need to live is a life that says anything is possible with God. That's the kind of energy that you need. Anything is possible with God. So imagine with me, okay? I talked about how you are different. You're, you're, you have not one true self. You have several. God made you just like him. He's three. So you've got some, you've got some um, nuance to you. So imagine with me, what would life look like if you um, thought, okay, uh, the, you know, it's okay. I, I'm naive, right? Okay. You, um, but what would a naive that believes anything is possible would do? How would he act like? Like, a, like a, a person who believed anything was possible with God, who, how would I act like? Like, who, would I act differently with my kids? I mean, I know my, uh, the, the old name, but the name that believes that anything is possible, how, does, how would he act in a room? How would he engage this conversation? How would he make decisions? How would he choose what he's going to do? Oh, how he's going to, how, what are the choices, what are the things that they're going to happen this year? Like, I know that the old name would do this. I, I, I know the, the, the insecure name would do this. I, I know that the, the doubtful name would do this. The, maybe even the prideful name would do this. But where, what about the name that believes Anything is possible with God do. Like, would his language change? Would his, like, would conversations with people change? Would his attitude change about life? Like, what would it? What would it? So, God, friends, I, I don't want you to add more things. I, I want you to just quit. Just quit this fake life that says, I'm just going to live life out of obligation because people just need me to be somewhere at this certain time. And you're like, listen, I'm this old and I haven't figured it out. And you know what? I don't care. You know what? I'm going to quit living this life that I'm trying to catch up to so-and-so because my mom or my family compares me to so-and-so and I'm not, I'm not living that life anymore. I, I, I don't. You know what? I quit trying to get to a place. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to live that life. I don't want to live that life. What would happen if you just quit? What about if you quit the familiar life? You know what? To, to, 
today I'm going to choose that I'm going to practice being more courageous. I'm going to, I'm going to take some risks. I'm going to believe. I'm just going to step out in faith. Everything inside of me says don't do it. Like, I'm just not that guy. I'm not this, this lady. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not this mom. I'm not this person who does that. But, but this year, I'm just going to tap into this everything is possible with God person and just quit this familiar life that I have to tap into this anything is possible life. Friends, we get to choose, like I said before, God made us unique for a reason. He didn't make us like animals who don't get to choose. We get to choose. You get to choose the kind of life you want to live and the kind of commitment you're going to make with God. And so this year, my, I just want to pray a blessing over you. I think this year, some of you, I mean, you're going to get baptized this year. Some of you are going to like trust God with your finances for the first time in your life because you know you don't. Some of you, you're going to believe that God's promises about like, you know, that, that the relationship is coming. Some of you are believing for a child and you've believed and believed and believed. And I'm going to believe for you. I'm going to believe that God um, is going to make your dreams come true. And others of us, you, maybe this is the year. This is the year that you believe that you're going to be like illness free. And you're like, Naeem, I don't, I don't even know what a life looks like like that. I'm in chronic pain. And I, I can't even say I understand because I don't. But I do know that the God who made your body understands. He understands that you were tempted to live a fake life. He gets it. He's been tempted. He, he, he knows that we want to live a familiar life and we want to be, because he's done hard things. He knows He cares. He's with us. He's with you. So let me pray for us. Can we do that? All right. Well, let's do this. Let's stand together, if you don't mind. And um, here's what I want you to do, okay? Um, I want to do something a little different this morning because we talked about this idea of humility. So I, I, I want to pray a blessing over you, but if if you are really kind of like, you know what, I I, I really need this. I need you to do this, okay? Instead of like doing this or this or whatever you do when I pray, you know, you have a thing, I don't know what you do, you know? Um, I want you to do this and close your eyes. Now, if you're like, you know, I'm good, then you're good. Like if you really mean it, do it. If If you don't mean it, don't do it. Seriously, I don't need you to do it. I'd love for you to get into a posture of like, God, I, 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 I really need this. So in a moment, I want to pray for us. And we, when our eyes are closed, just, just put your hands out like this. Maybe even look up and just allow God to speak to you. Let's do that. Hmm. Lord, we need you desperately in our lives we find ourselves God just in a place of going we've tried everything we've tried all the things we've done all the things we seem like we've done all these things for so long and yet we find ourselves empty we find ourselves in a place where we we need more 
So God, as, as my hands raised, just extended out, what I'm asking is that I need help. I need help to live the life you want me to live. I don't need these great plans and great strategies. I need you, God. I need your Holy Spirit to work in my life. I need it desperately in my family. I, I need it to cover my mind. I need you. I'm extending these hands to you saying, God, I desperately need your power, your wisdom in my life. God, I'm putting these hands out saying, God, I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. I don't know what I'm doing as a dad or a mom. I, I, I'm just trying to figure it out. I need you. As a, as, a, as a student, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. So many things. I just don't know. I just need you. Father, I pray that our, as our hands are extended out, God, we believe that you are the God of the impossible. You're beyond us. And so we rest in that. God, I pray a blessing over my friends this morning, a blessing that says that this, what we're doing is real. We're not just coming here attending a service and we're doing church. No, this is real. You are real. And the God that you are God who celebrates with us and you are the God who cries with us. And you are the God who is with us. So God, I pray a blessing that you would keep, you would restore, you would heal, you would provide. God, for my friends, not just for this generation, but also for the next, God. And God, as we respond this morning, let us allow you to do whatever you want in our lives. In Jesus' name, God.